Um, okay, so uh, news came out, uh, geez, at the end of last week, and uh, Leah Marquez-Peterson, who is in studio with me, she is the president and CEO of the Tucson Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. All right, good morning. Uh, thank you for coming out. What a crazy morning it is so far. No, I know. Horrible news. Yeah, it is. It's not good. Um, it could have been worse, but it's still not good. Um, so news came out that you are going to run for Congress in CD2 as a Republican. That's right. So what's going on? Because Martha McSally is the incumbent Republican that's already there. Is is there something that we don't know that she told only David Schweikert that none <laughs> that she hasn't officially said that she's going to run against right. Kelly Ward? And I thought that's why it was important to, ha- mm-hmm. to be on your show. And thanks again, Garrett, for sure. the time. But in the event that Martha runs for senator uh, for Senate in, in Flake seat, I will be running in CD2. So I've decided to launch my campaign now, get out there, start raising money, get the word out, talk about my platform and what's important, I think, to the citizens of CD2 and the constituents there, which I've been representing for many years as our chamber president. President, operating in Douglas, Serviced in Tucson. So I'm I'm moving forward in the events that Martha, of course, does not run. If something changes in Senate, that I would not obviously oppose her. So did did her office reach out to you? Have you spoken to her? Anybody no, her no. I mean, I read the news like everyone else. I was shocked when Senator Flake announced that he was uh, retiring so early. I, I did not realize that that was going to happen. I don't even know if his staff knew that. It was really shocking. So when that came out, immediately my, my mind started going towards CD2, and I had always had an interest in potentially running for Congress. Um, I knew that Martha was someone who was at the forefront of that, that people believed that Congressman McSally would make a wonderful senator, and that she would be thinking about that. So I reached out and told her, in the event that you run for Senate, I am interested in running for your seat. So I don't want this to hold you back in any way, that you know that there is a qualified Republican running in CD2 right behind you in the event you run for Senate. Okay. And that's kind of how it all unfolded. Okay. Uh, Leah Marquez-Peterson is who you're listening to. She's in studio right now on KNST AM 790. Uh, before we get to the issues at hand and stuff, just, I mean, if you're going to run for Congress, you're going to have to deal with issues like what's going on today with, right. the, with the terrorist attack and things like that. Uh, if it all happens and you end up being a congressperson um, and uh, and all of a sudden uh, you're in a meeting and they say, what are your ideas? I mean, what, what would you like to see? What, what's your opinion, first off, of President Trump's uh, travel ban? Uh, and uh, secondly, what would you like to see done? What are your ideas to make sure that uh, you can stop terrorists from coming here and terrorist attacks take place? You know, I, I think it's it's so complex, and obviously there's, there are many different committees and caucuses working on this. Um, I've been a supporter of immigration reform for many years. Um, from a workforce perspective, the fact that our employers can't find qualified workers, and we need to tackle it from that perspective. But you need to bundle that with national security. We don't know anything about this man that is from Bangladesh, so I don't want to make any assumptions. But um, we need to improve and increase our border security. Um, you've had me on the show before mm-hmm. as the chamber president talking about the wall and various things of that nature. Um, I think there needs to be... Um, a solution to improving border security to keep out drug smugglers, human trafficking, and and the horrible things that are happening along the border Um, that might be a combination of a wall, technology, unmanned aerial systems, who knows what it may include, but I think we need to really look at this from across the entire border. Being from Arizona, we know the the terrain. I mean, we know what may work and what may not work, but I stand for strong border security. So do you support a wall? I support, sure. I support a wall as well as technology and other things that might be needed. Uh, to improve our border security. So if the vote comes up to fund President Trump's border wall, you would vote for it? I'd have to see how it was uh, presented, and uh, probably, but it's something that I'm going to have to look at um, in terms of the package that it comes with. It seems like things are getting moving very quickly in terms of the funding. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Okay. Now, you mentioned just a second ago about not being able to find qualified workers. 
Are you what, what kind of workers are you talking about? You know, we have a lot of concerns as employers in the state of Arizona around those that have technical skills. I mean, certainly we need joint technological education district uh, funding for, um, and that's a state issue, but that's certainly for uh, businesses that are focused on technology, uh, welding, electricians, uh, things of that nature. Okay. Um, we hear a lot of that at the chamber in terms oh, of. I've heard, yeah, business owners saying, I can't find framers. I can't right. find, I, I can't, you know. A lot the, of those key skills. Stucco, you know, a lot, a lot of hands on skills that for somehow, some, you know, way, I don't know if they're looked down upon or I don't know what's going on, but we've, we've had people call that own these. I mean, a guy literally, remember, he was, he was excavating. He was literally on, on a big, big rig and he was doing all kinds of work. That I don't even understand. Down but he, yeah, down the and, he, and he said, I can't find people to work. We're having Tucson high grads that can't read or write, and then they don't even want to show up, and I can't get them to even pick up a shovel or do something or read a tape measure. They can't do this stuff. And then, of course, our phones blew up. People said, I want to work. I want to work. So apparently there are people out there that do want to work. I mean, we literally had 15 phone calls in about two minutes that we had to get to that guy for possible employees. No, that's great. And and that's not the issue. I, when when people open up on their positions, mm-hmm. they're getting flooded with resumes. It's the qualified workers. Okay. So whether it's a soft skill sure. that's needed to answer the phone or that professionalism or customer service, that's a challenge, as well as a lot of the the trade skills that are needed. So, so where, where where can we develop those skills? I mean, are we going and then telling TUSD, which I think needs to happen all the public schools, that they need to maybe do, you know, concentrate instead of things that don't help people succeed in life. To actually give you know teach people skills that they can use to actually succeed in life I think uh, our school districts are certainly a place to look but I think our community colleges um, Pima yeah. Community College actually just down the street from here mm-hmm. is working on a lot of different centers of excellence they're hearing the outcry from our business community in the terms of needing not only those technical skills but also those customer service skills and um, I think they're addressing some of that okay. but you're hearing this at all levels yeah. um, we also you know as we uh, talk about immigration reform in the country in the past and now I think I'm sure coming up soon, um, the need for agricultural workers, construction workers. Uh, I think we need to tackle all of that. Well, what about there? And by the way, this is Leah Marquez Peterson. Uh, she is running for Congress if Martha chooses to run for Senate. Uh, and, uh, and Martha McSally, that is. And she's on KNST AM 790. Um, there were stories. I mean, I saw it. It was construction in Texas. It jumped, the salaries jumped up 30 percent since Trump took office because illegal aliens are they're, they're hitting the road. They're realizing things are bad, and they're gone. There was a big story about that. Um, there was a story in Chicago. I believe it was a bakery where uh, there were hundreds of illegals actually working for the bakery, and they left, and all of a sudden people worked there. Their wages went up as well. So when it comes to uh, to wages and workers that and that kind of stuff, I mean, it seems like there are Americans, and it, it seems like businesses want to import people here to keep wages down. Do you not see it that way? Well, I think what's interesting is certainly when President Trump came into office, I think the the those crossing the border for economic conditions has come down to a trickle. I mean, it's dramatically reduced. Uh, that as well as the economy of Mexico and and a lot of different factors had impacted that. Um, so I think that, yeah, we're going to have a challenge finding additional workers. Wages have gone up because it's become so competitive. Uh, if you've got a great worker and you've lost, perhaps you were using undocumented folks, you know, and uh, which is a great risk, actually. And we don't encourage employers to do that. But um, if you have folks that are there and are qualified and are U.S. citizens or have permanent legal residency, then, yeah, I understand that wages would go up because you'd want to hang on to those employees. Um, are you... Did it ever cross your mind? I mean, the way everything is going right now with uh, Trump supporters, with President Trump, I mean, we see a lot of things that's happening. I think that's why Jeff Flake decided to call it a day because he didn't want to deal with a loss. He didn't want to lose to to Kelly Ward in a primary. He realized he could not win. Um, When it comes to jobs in this country, 
I, I think people have seen it. And you're the head of a, of a chamber of commerce, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And we, me, I personally see the Chamber of Commerce as a, a group that celebrates uh, big business, open borders, and cheaper wages. I mean, you guys— I've heard you say that on the yes, radio. That's why I'm got, sitting you, here today. Oh, good. You guys, you guys <laughs> lobby for that. You lobby to have uh, more H-1B visas, no, H-2B but the difference, but it's Garrett, true. though, is if, if you look at our Hispanic yes. chamber right here in this community, down yes. the street from this radio station, yeah. we represent 1,300 businesses in southern Arizona, 500 in the Phoenix area through the Arizona Chamber. And the 1,300 down here are, employ- are, are businesses that have 25 employees or fewer. We're not here representing big business. We're here representing business, period. Um, 97% of the businesses in Arizona are small business. So the issue is important to our chamber members. If I popped you in my car and we drove around and met with a bunch of our members, it's financing. It's how do I grow when cash flow might be tight and it's challenging to get financing in today's market. Um, how do I find qualified workers? You know, the whole issue we were just tackling. Oh, sure. Uh, there, there uh, was an actual attraction. There was, I can show you the billboard. There was actually a, uh, the National Chamber of Commerce took out a, a, an ad, basically, like right across the street from the White House. And it basically said that America is built by, I mean, I, I, should, I should Google that real quick to show it to you. But ba- do you remember what it said? Like, basically, America was, we don't need American workers. It basically said that. And oh, that was I can't the imagine National that. Chamber. From the U.S. Chamber? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I, I will get that for you. And you could, you know, matter of fact, let's take a quick time. Because this is what people are, are saying. This People think, and I don't know, maybe the Chamber needs to put out a PR campaign that they're not for cheap labor. And I get it. Listen, you guys, business owners probably are saying, hey, man, if I can get the cheapest labor, you know, cost as possible, yeah, it'll and, help me the most. And that is a misperception. Because yes. we fought, and actually I chaired for the state, no on Prop 206, no on the increase in minimum wage. And not because we wanted cheap labor, but because we wanted free market conditions. We need a situation in which our our businesses can recover from the recent economic downturn. We know it's been tougher in rural Arizona, Tucson, as compared oh, to Phoenix. Hang on, that that's what it is right there. Let's see. It was a... Uh, it was is a billboard by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce right across from the White House. It says America built by dreamers. Well, that's a whole different issue, though. But they're, they're playing, all, they're playing on the word on dreamers, dreamers which, or DACA. Yes, uh, but, but they're not uh, the same thing. Dreamers, right. not DACA. No, you're right, because not all of the dreamers have applied for DACA status. No, no. So but it's, right, they're doing that on purpose. But I think they're also trying to change the misperception of those that have applied for DACA status. So a lot of those are either college-educated or, or attempting to go to school. Do you know the percentage that are college-educated? Uh, no, I think it's around like 20% or so. Well, 21.9% have dropped out of high school compared to 5.9%, which is the national average. This whole idea, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was, I believe, 75% make it under $25,000 a year. So I, I have more to talk about immigration on that because, you know, okay. people think that there's a big, I think there's a big mis- misperception about DACA by people that put it out there. But I want to get your take on that as well because this okay. is important. Voters want to hear what you have to say yeah, on absolutely. this. We're going to continue in studio. Leah Marquez-Peterson, uh, who is going to run for Congress uh, in CD2 if Martha McSally decides to run for Senate. But we don't, there's no timetable on that, though. Yet, there right? isn't. Okay. There's no timetable on that. We will continue in five. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Uh, Leah Marquez-Peterson, by the way, about 72 for today. Leah Marquez-Peterson, the Tucson Hispanic Chamber CEO and president, is in studio with me because she has announced she will run for Congress if Martha McSally decides to leave her congressional seat and run for Senate, challenging Kelly Ward in a primary uh, so uh, we're talking about this stuff because it was kind of weird information. I'm glad you came on here to, to no, specify I wanted to make sure, what yeah. was going on. Because it's just like people a, know I'm a big supporter of, of Congressman McSally, so I'm I'm not in any way running against her. I'm I'm waiting for her to decide to run for Senate. And it's just kind of a mess of how all of a sudden she apparently told David Schweikert in the middle of Congress, and he told the media, and then she's been silent about it. It's just 
Nobody knows what the heck is going on. Um, but let, let's talk about uh, – We've t- and I showed you the picture about uh, the H-1B visa. We talked about H-1B visa during the break, that kind of stuff. But um, um, the, the Trump agenda, what do, you, what do you disagree? What do you have a problem with? Because, uh, you know, I, I think our listeners – would like to, you know, we'd like tax reform. We'd like to, and I know you want tax reform too. Right, right. So I wrote an op-ed yes. in the Arizona Daily Star, was that I think a week ago, a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. in support of the House bill for tax reform. Okay. I'm in the middle now of, of researching and making sure I fully understand the Senate bill, and I know they're going to be in conference Good luck with soon. that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to get a PhD to yeah. pull all that together. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, as a certainly as a chamber president mm-hmm. and as a candidate for CD2, um Tax reform is key. I think we've got a great opportunity with the Trump administration and regulatory reform also. He's tackled a lot of that. I I was out in Cochise County last week because as a chamber president, I also operate chambers in Douglas and Sierra Vista as well here in Tucson. Um, listening to ranchers talk about border security and national security and some of the the things that they've uh, been impacted by for generations and want to see some action done. So I think national security or border security is key. Um, We've also heard a lot about uh, trade, and you know that's an area in which I've worked quite a bit, trade Mm -hmm. with Mexico in particular, but the infrastructure investment uh, in the port in Douglas We've seen great investment in Ogales from a Cochise County, Pima County perspective. It makes sense, and we need to see that in Arizona, the, the port of Douglas. Um, to speed up things as they go through? Is that yeah, okay. it's, it's very small. It's at capacity. It's kind of bursting at the seams. Um, so we really need that infrastructure investment. And Governor, Governor Ducey was down there last week also, also touring the, the border. Um, so I think there are a lot of things that feel, people feel, and I'm listening to, they think that the conversation after we – tackle tax reform and have hopefully a great result for our nation will shift then to infrastructure investment. And that's an area that, you know, I've been trying to get as much information as possible okay. and really listen to constituents in CD2. And I think people want Obamacare repeal. And in the Senate bill, they want this difference. They want to repeal the Obamacare mandate. They do. And that's an area in which I've also spoken up that uh, as the Affordable Care Act has been rolled out, it has not been affordable for no. small business. I mean, that is for the, anybody. For, yeah. And I think we wrote a letter recently um, as the, the chamber to Senator Flake and Senator McCain asking them to separate the conversation from Medicare and Medicaid and to focus on the individual marketplace, because that's where we hear so much negative feedback about the lack of affordability and the challenge with preexisting conditions and on and on. It's so complex. So that's an area I, I certainly have a lot of passion What would you around. like to see? How would you, if, if you were asked, what are your ideas to make health care more affordable, more attainable, and just overall better? You know, it's interesting. Actually, Congresswoman McSally was part of a bipartisan uh, group that had pulled together. I think they're called the Problem Solver Caucus. Mm. And it was trying to take all these different um, emotions and complexity and administrative role and health care law related to Medicare and Medicaid and find something that could work. And there were a number of points in that that we were very supportive. Um, so that I would probably continue that kind of conversation is bringing folks to the table and listening and trying to dissect this complexity of health care because there's not an answer. The answer is not, uh, you know, having no insurance or even the penalties. How do we get around that and find something that will work for all of all of them? Well, do you think that, the, you know, I, I think competition is a big part and the free market is, is huge, obviously, in this country. And if you were able to sell it across state lines. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, wouldn't that drive down costs and make it more affordable as well? I think that would. Okay. Um, now, uh, when it comes to uh, immigration, the president laid out his immigration plan. What do you think of his immigration plan? It was a 70-point plan. I don't know. You know, we could even play I don't know if we have time. I had a soundbite from his speech on Friday. But basically changing the way we do it uh, to merit-based. 
Is that something that you find would be better for this country? Do you agree with that? I I agree with the principles of the direction he's going, yes. But I think our conversation we had in the last segment about needing people with technical skills also, the welding electricians and so on, we can't ignore that need by our employers. Certainly giving more merit or points to those with PhDs or higher education or those in certain engineering areas, I think that makes sense. We want to keep the best and brightest here in the U.S., especially if they've been educated here in the U.S. But we can't ignore the fact that so many of our employers need low-skill positions that Americans aren't taking. Okay, but but when it comes to merit-based versus just chain, I mean, would you like to end chain migration? Well, right now it's based on the country you're in, and there's so many visas eligible, and, and there's such a small uh, percentage of those that want to come in from various countries. I think we need to rework that entire complex system. Well, would, would you want to end chain migration, though? Chain migration? What do you mean by that? When one person is admitted here and they could bring, uh, it's somewhere 20 to 2 to I mean, on average, I think a person coming here from Mexico brings something close to six relatives here with them. That's why the guy, the guy that uh, did the terrorist attack up in New York, he drove into people on the West Side Highway. Uh, he got here on the lottery and was able to bring, I believe it was 22 or 23 members of his family here via chain migration. I mean, I think the the bigger question is how do we bring people here to work who perhaps want to rate, get money to do that? That's uh, something that make a big difference back in their countries, and then have no, them no, no. Go but home. I mean, you don't you don't think this is a big deal with the chain migration though? No, I, mean, they, I, they, they were I terrorist think attacks. People, people a, came here and committed terrorist attacks, right? And that's, via chain migration. But I think that the bigger question is how do you come here, make a better economic condition for your family, and then go home? Maybe it's not the chain migration that's the ultimate answer, but it's folks heading back with their dollars, so they don't we don't have to break up families. Okay. Um, all right. Well, look, I know you have a meeting coming up at 9 o'clock. I definitely, as, as if you decide to run, if Martha's like, I'm going to take on Kelly Ward, and that opens up the, the door for you, I know I'd love to get you in here to talk about more issues because people need to know where you stand on these, okay? I appreciate that. You no, got absolutely. It. No problem. Thank all right. you. Uh, Leah Marquez-Peterson, the head of the uh, Tucson, the president and CEO, I should say, of the Tucson Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We'll continue. You can call in if you'd like. If you have any comments, 880-KNST. 